There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. New Toyota showrooms now open in Glasgow and Hamilton. Let's go! Good evening, this is Paul Cooney just after five, live with Andy Walker, former Celtic and Scotland star, and the Falkirk captain, Stephen McGinn. You can speak to them in a little while on the programme, 0808 17 17 700. But Stephen, the lines have gone down at the moment. Is it the Falkirk fans calling in? They can't believe it. We've got to start there, haven't we? I know we're two days away from the old firm clash, but we were rooting for you. It just wasn't to be in the first round, 6-2 against Airdrie. Yeah, uh, a brutal a brutal night it was. Um, we knew going into the game, Airdrie, our games against Airdrie, they've been like basketball games. They've been. Yeah. We, we, we were aware going into it that one team was capable of, of beating the other heavily or that it would be a high-scoring game, but um, the first half was something... I've, I mean, I've been to Celtic Park and Rangers and taking some real doings. Uh, the first half, you just couldn't stop the bleeding. It seemed to be every time the ball went into the box and then a goal. And on the night, they have six shots on target and score six goals. Um, as a team, as a team, we were so disappointed. And um, I know it's a cliche, but all we can do now is just go and have a go, try and make, try and get an early goal in the game, and and just go chasing. You never know what can happen, Andy. It's quite a golf. Um, to gap, you know, a gap to golf. Can they uh, I, I to narrow? Feel, can they do it? Well, you can always score. You can always win a game by three or four goals. Yeah. But I just find it amazing that you can lose six goals in a two-legged yeah. affair in the first leg. I mean, your second leg is at uh, is at home. Uh, I I haven't seen much of the action, okay. but I was truly astonished when I checked at half time and I saw it was five 0 and a, and a two-legged affair. The playoffs have got people talking, Andy. Do you like the setup? I love the playoffs. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to play in one down south, but had the heartbreak of um, you know losing at Wembley to a last-minute goal. You remember you David did. Hopkins? Indeed, of course. Who yeah, was yeah. a bit of a star yeah. for, for Scotland and yeah. Crystal Palace. Anyway, he scored with the, the last kick of the ball against us, Sheffield United, and, and, and it took them up. Um, so it was great to get to Wembley, great, great to win the semi-final against Ipswich. It was a two-legged affair and it was always nip and tuck. So the idea of losing mm. six goals, it, mm. uh, it's just it, amazing. But you never know in football and you have to give it and you will give it everything. The game's what, Saturday? Yeah. I mean, as mad as it's football, it's mad. Yeah. Um, I watched the Brighton-Everton game last yeah. week and, and Everton seemed to do what Airdrie did to us. It just scored it well every time they, they broke up the park. But at five, at five one, they obviously get a man sent off a score from the free kick, and you start to be quite excited. You're thinking you make this goal. So the sixth goal was was one we're really frustrated about because um, obviously it makes a really hard task to win three 0 anyway, um, even harder. I can see you doing that, Stephen. I can see yep. Falkirk winning a game three 0 So at five two, you think surely they'll okay. not lose another. But uh, listen, just uh, as you say. Football, absolutely crazy. Funny game, isn't it? You never know. And what about Queen's Park against Partick Thistle? One-year-old, two-year-old teams, actually, Andy. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll talk about it during the next couple of hours. But, yeah. though, I mean, anything could happen. You're not a betting man, but 
which one would you go for? Well, it's amazing because for so long, Queen's Park, I thought they had it nailed on. I remember speaking to you a few yep. months back when they yep. had four home games on the spin uh, coming up just because of the way the fixtures had worked out at the start of the season for Queen's and they've, they've uh, missed a real opportunity to go up automatically and look, lo and behold, what happens at Dundee, they go up automatically and the manager loses his job. It, it's... Uh, it's an astonishing game. So your game is uh, on Saturday, Stephen, as you well know, the Bairns Falkirk against Airdrie, three o'clock at the Falkirk Stadium and Hamilton against Alloa with Alloa one up from the first leg. I mean, New Douglas Park, two years ago they won the Premiership and yeah. they could go down to the third tier. Well, it's a, it's a big task for them, but that's not insurmountable, a, a goal. Hamilton can score two, three, four goals, especially at home. Um, and they do have a bit of history. Obviously, some years ago they went to Easter Road and uh, got a, a fabulous result. You know, it's not the same type of team yet, but I would give Hamilton every chance. And then, of course, they thumped Dumbarton, so it's all over for the the Bulkhead team. You'd imagine down at the Dumbarton Stadium and Clyde against East Fife. It's not one over yet, but uh, Clyde won up from the game through in the Kingdom. The playoffs yeah. are great, and I'm so glad that they were they were brought in. I think it gives a whole new meaning. Uh, to the end of the season I think the supporters really like it and uh, the games are always uh, full of drama We're less than 48 hours away from another Old Firm game Is this the 6th of the season uh, Celtic coming to Ibrox it'll be all Rangers fans there the league title decided last weekend we saw you at the weekend Celtic won at Hearts how are you feeling for this game at the weekend when it comes to it it's always it's the blue against the green isn't it all talk of yeah. it being uh, you know doesn't matter do these games matter? All these games yep. matter and I think Celtic will want to win. I think they'll want to show their superiority. They've got... Um, I think it'll be in the back of the mind of one or two players that this could be a, a record season for a points tally, for, for goals scored, mm -hmm. for the amount of wins that you get in a season. They, they would quite like to, you know, uh, break all of those records. And I think for Ange Postecoglou, I don't think there'll be anyone who'll come into the side that is not worthy of a place. So I think you're probably looking at maybe the same team as last weekend with maybe one change. Maybe Aaron Moy coming in the middle of the park uh, just to make it, um, I don't know, a bit stronger. Uh, he's, I think he's been an, an excellent player for Celtic in his time there. So at maximum, you'll get one or two changes from Celtic. And when you look at the Rangers setup. Mm. Obviously, with a new goalkeeper, new players coming in, getting a chance. I don't know if Ryan Kent is going to play. It doesn't look as though Alfredo Morelos is going to play. So others will be getting their chance, but my goodness, it's a, it's a big game. Stephen, the Rangers fans will be a bit of trepidation going into this one, but they don't want to see the whole season without winning just one draw against Celtic. Yeah, and they've got a big advantage, obviously, with no away fans. Mm. It's been a factor in the last uh, couple of years. The, the team with no travelling fans has not picked up a point, so got that in their favour I think I think though I don't think it's hard to say that one team wants to win it more but I do think it is more important for Rangers I think they have to send their, their fans home with, with some hope for the future I know it's going to be a totally new team going into next year but I think they want to they want to see a Rangers team beat an Ange Postacoglu team it's been it's been too long um, there's been too many I think there's too many games anyway this season I think six is too many I think uh, yeah. especially when it doesn't mean much in the, the grand scheme of things but I think uh, to go six games um, unbeaten for Celtic is unthinkable for Rangers fans. Well, you ask Andy Walker, because I've asked him before, I've asked Barry, I've asked Craig Moore, I've asked Peter Grant, Davy Proven, do you want, does one team want it more? But 
people say no they both no, want it equally no I don't think so and I can remember being on a Celtic side and we were we were dominant we won the league we didn't lose a game against Rangers uh, you know and, and, and during the course of the season and you and you felt strong you felt confident you felt as though you were going to win all the time I've got to say I also played in uh, a poor uh, Celtic side but the determination to go through the season without getting without losing every a single one I, I remember going to Ibrox everybody was tipping us to lose by five or six we got a 1-1 draw I can remember it, one game at the end of the season when Rudy Vata scored and we were we were going to get pumped at, uh, at Hamden on that occasion that was our that was our home games at Hamden and, and we beat them 3-0 there is a I think Rangers do need to be extremely competitive at the weekend just to for the players just to show the supporters, uh, just how much it matters because you speak to any Celtic fan, any Rangers fan, they will tell you how much it matters to them. Well, Glasgow's on. It's Go Radio, Paul Cooney with Stephen McGinn and Andy Walker. It was the Glasgow Cup final last night and it stays green and white. Celtic were three up. Rangers came back to 3-3. I mean, you mentioned uh, Rudy Vata. Of course, Rocco, his son, got one of the goals. It went to penalties and the hero for Celtic was Josh Clark. Four penalty saves, Stephen. That's a bit special, isn't it? So, Stephen McManus, I'm sure, would be apparently the first half Celtic were brilliant. Rangers had Alex Lowry, for example, playing. Uh, he scored, did well, but 3-3 at the end, down to penalties and it's Celtic once again winning. Yeah, I watched the penalty shootout. Um, I didn't get the game. It coincided with two uh, toddlers going to right, bed. Okay. Um, but I managed to get the penalty shootout. And at the start of the penalties, I'm thinking the, the goalies look quite small and they big goals. And uh-huh. but some some good uh, saves, especially from the Celtic goalkeeper, and uh, full of drama. I mean, there was one. I think um, Dylan Corr has a penalty for Celtic to win it and hits the bar. It, the game just swung um, minute to minute in, in that shootout. And yeah, I'm sure the Steve McManus would be delighted to get another trophy. I'm just thinking. They got three goals, Rangers, in the second half. Stephen only needs uh, four. In, <laughs> only in, in, in five. Well, you, to take, I know you need five then, but four would. Uh, I'm not hey, sure. Listen, you go yeah. into a game where, uh, <laughs> and you know your four goals to the good. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, there's a mentality there where you don't need to do anything daft. Let's hear from, we'll hear from Michael Beale in a moment or two. Uh, Callum McGregor was on duty yesterday, nominated as Player of the Year, the PFA. Three of them Celtic players, one of them Kevin Van Veen. I see that Kyogo voted for him. But he was asked, what about the points record that Celtic could get this season? Yeah, listen, we want to, we want to just finish in a positive as much as we can. You know, the, the manager's always speaking about, can we play the best game of the season, you know, in the next game that we've got? And, and if we try and do that and try and maximise every game that we've got, then you know that that will hopefully be a consequence of that. But you know, I don't think we should get too sort of focused on it or, or carried away with it. We just approach the the next game as the most important, um, and we'll see where that takes us coming into the season. And the next game, of course, Rangers. Yeah, like you said, another huge game. Um, we go there full of confidence, obviously, in, in terms of being crowned champions. So, you know, we've we've got that on the line. There's there's always pride in these games and. And they're always big games, so you know, really looking forward to it. They've got the double cup final coming in a few weeks' time. Are they talking treble? Yeah, I suppose that's the the challenge. I don't think he actually said they're talking treble, but uh, he's talking about what the challenge is. Yeah, I suppose that's the the challenge now. We've, we've banked two of the three trophies, and, and we're in the cup final, um, just about three and a half weeks away now. So, you know, it's important that we stay on track, we keep working, um, you know, finish the season really strongly, and, and hopefully that will take us into a a good rhythm um, leading into the final and, and as always you get to cup finals you want to win them um, and if we do that then it'll, it'll rem- uh, mark a, a really successful season again Andy you see so, Stephen you're smiling there I was just yeah. laughing he, he, yeah. he must be so used to kind of playing down the treble talk that he's uh, yeah. still 
not talking about a man that's on the verge of getting his fifth treble. Um, <sighs> remarkable when you, when you think about it. And I just think if they are not talking about the treble, they're never going to talk about treble. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they, the, the yeah. thing is, they don't make a big thing of it. And it w- will have been on their mind for some time because strong squad, everyone wants to play, everyone's desperate for a bit of uh, a bit of action. And you see what happens when Celtic turn to their sub-bench. Uh, they did it last week when it was a bit of a, a sticky game. The South Korean striker, oh, come on, got the second goal, gave them that uh, cushion to go on and win it. And Haksabanovic, uh, come on, did well. Um, it's the bench with, that you've looked at so often this season for Celtic that's made a huge difference. Did you enjoy the day, Andy? As a former Celtic player, of course, it was a, it's a yeah. big one for you. You're there doing a job in Sky, I get it. Sure. But, you know, Celtic uh, clear uh, leaders and then winners at the weekend. Yeah, there's yeah. A, I, I take most of my enjoyment now through my family. I've got three boys and um, it's great to see them getting a, a level of enjoyment from, from Celtic winning it. And uh, I've got to say, I was very impressed with the way Hearts approached the game. I thought for the first first half, really, first yeah. 45 minutes, that they, they started at 100 miles an hour. I thought it would drop off after 10, 15 minutes, but they kept it going for a good while. And then I thought the the, the sending off was a, a really poor yeah. call, but one, one of many we've seen this season. I think nobody would disagree with you. Nobody was looking for it, were they? No, nobody in green was asking for well, you, you, Cochrane to be sent off. You yeah. should be sent over to the monitor when you've made a clear and obvious error. And I, I was looking at Nick, Nick Walsh during the game, and I thought, here's a guy that's in control. I saw him speaking to so many players because... Once or twice it was getting a bit feisty, once or twice it looked to be getting out of control, but he was there in the heart of the atmosphere, he was there, uh, you know, dealing with all of the players, and when you look at the the replay of the incident itself, he was 10 yards away, and he called it right, and I hate what we're now seeing with uh, Scottish referees, we're refereeing a lot by still images, so you don't take into account the speed of a of a player. You don't take into account the the spin or the bounce of the ball. And uh, I thought he called it right. And I just wish he'd been strong enough to go over and say, do you know what, I've seen it and no. I, I don't agree with you, Willie. I'll, I'll just stick to my original call. That that would have been a that would have been a good thing. And you do wonder what happens if you don't take yeah. the advice of the assistant referee in this case. Will he call? Are they frowning upon it? Do you know people behind the scenes? Stephen, what did you think? I thought right away, red card. Did you? And I still think red card, yeah. Right, why? I do. I, I thought Hearts were brilliant in the first half. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought, um, I've never seen domestically Celtic put out their stride as much mm-hmm. as they were in the first half. And I thought it was a brilliant bit of play from from uh, Anthony Ralston, who I thought, um, I thought Kobayashi struggled on the day in the afternoon, but I thought he came in having not played a lot of football and I thought he, he played really well. I thought it was a brilliant ball and I think Cochrane's panicked because of the movement and Maidan behind him and I think he's just pulled him back and uh, right away I thought red card and um, I do agree when the, when you go over to the monitor, you're in no doubt now that it's the, the, the decision's going to change. We're going to need the refs to maybe... I- I think I've got no problem with anyone thinking that on a yep. first call, but my, my point about the referee, he's within all that atmosphere, he's dealing with all the players, he's in a good position to see it and he calls it. And I think, just in general, we Scottish referees, we look to try and send players off. And I just don't think it's the right call. If there's any chance at all we can justify it, 
then we will. Uh, I, I don't think that's the way to go. I just, I just thought the way Cochrane's pulled him back, if, if there is a covering defender, if he doesn't think it's a... I don't think he has a panic pull. I think he, I think his first instinct is, oh no, I've been done with the movement, it's a brilliant pass, and he's panic pulled him. I just thought, I, I thought red card right away. You played under VAR the other week though, you don't really like VAR, do you? No, I mean... I mean, look at your game. As I yeah. said, the, the, the handball, the handball, I've had an issue with watching yeah. the, the Premier League all season, I think it's so subjective. Did you, did and you see the Champions League semi-final last night? Yeah. Can you imagine that game being refereed by Scottish referees? How, uh, there would have been multiple of red cards yeah, absolutely does that help the game I don't think it does no no can something be done because the PFA going to meet with the referee the well SFA? I would I would love the, the the referees to take better guidance I don't know if they get that guidance from the head of referees I don't know if the SFA are involved I would love the uh, just on the back of you know the first season the debut season mm-hmm. Why don't you speak to the players? Surely the players themselves might be able to help you referee the game a bit better. We had we had a briefing before the semi-final, um, as Inverness did, and I think the Premier League clubs got it at the start of the season. And it, well, Who was it? Who came out? Uh, the head of referees, I can't remember okay. his name. Crawford yeah. Allen? No. Uh, <laughs> Definitely head. Someone, okay. someone yeah, one sure, of the officials sure. anyway. And they were shown as a clip, and we were able to hear the referees and the VR room speak. Oh. And that was about. I thought, well, see if we see if that's clear on the telly, or, or we can listen, to, watch the game back, and we can hear them speak about it. It probably helps. I think for me, anyway, I think I'd be more. Yeah. I mean, it's in the exactly. heat at the moment. They're worrying maybe about time and stuff like that. They're trying to make get this decision right. At least if you can hear their viewpoint, you can maybe get on board with it. Absolutely, I, I would love. <laughs> I know you would. I would love everyone <laughs> to hear what uh, is said. Because uh, you've heard it, Andy, you've been behind the scenes. The time. I know. See, see when I'm sitting watching it and I'm aware, there was one of the games, that, the decisions, I remember watching the game, I was watching it back and the decision took two or three minutes and you were getting, the crowd are going bananas. Yeah. But mm. see when you're actually listening to it and you can hear wee bits of why they're, oh, we're checking for offside now, now we're mm. checking for this, now we're checking yeah. for that. Yeah. You, you could be okay with the time it took yeah. because you actually... I don't know what you felt. Were you at the Motherwell game I last week? I was at Motherwell so games. I was at the Motherwell game and there was a Motherwell offside goal. Well, there was Van a Motherwell Dane. goal that was ruled out for offside, but maybe 10 seconds before the ball went into the net, there was a potential of a red card. So the referee, who was Kevin Clancy, mm-hmm. he'd stopped the game and obviously he was listening to his video assistant referee, mm-hmm. but no one knew what was happening and yeah. it was only mm-hmm. after... Was it 90 seconds? Was it two minutes where they said we're, we're checking a potential uh, red card? And you think, oh, where, when what? was that? Yeah. And I was fortunate enough, I was sitting at the back of the stand and I could see someone who had a replay monitor. I looked at it instantly and thought, well, that's clearly not a red card. But they looked at it for two minutes and it's, it just led me to think again, could we send them off? Is, could we possibly justify it? And obviously they, they they didn't. They looked at it far too long and then they looked at the potential of the offside. And I think every player buys into the offside because it's a matter of fact. There's nothing subjective about it. There there might be a problem with the, with the toenail thing and, yeah. and how close mm-hmm. it is, but if it's a matter of fact, most players, I think, would buy into it as well as managers and coaches. Heading towards the weekend, there's playoffs. There's also Rangers against Celtic at Ibrox. 12.30 
on Saturday. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show. It's Thursday evening. Stephen McGinn is here, the Falkirk captain, and Andy Walker, football legend. I think that's what you've written down here, Andy. <laughs> Your agent has said. No, it's Andy Walker. Who Never has an agent. Yeah. Never at all. Never had an your agent. dad, wasn't he? Uh, my old man looked Frank. after yeah. my uh, yeah. my deals, but never had an agent. Stephen, agent. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one uh, earlier in my career, but not right. so much use for one now. Well, it's been some season you might need one in the summer no no you're still uh, look this season isn't over yet but you have given yourself a mountain uh, to climb uh, what's going to happen this weekend well the game's Rangers Celtic lunchtime 12.30 headlines today well it's kind of speculation time isn't it Rangers are reported to have won the race to sign a Chelsea player he's on loan at Stoke Dijon Sterling so a defender and at Celtic, uh, re- they'll reportedly be told by FC Luzerne of Switzerland it'll cost £7 million if they want their midfielder, a Swiss international, Ardon Jassari. So I'm not going to pretend I know too much about either player. Um, but the papers today, back pages, be all going stare crazy. That's one of them there in the sun, what do you think? Well, I think yeah. you've already heard from Michael Beale a couple of weeks ago about the size of the rebuild. Yeah. Previously, it was a couple of players, then it was four or mm-hmm. five. Now it's going to be the biggest rebuild in some years, so... That demands a fair level of investment, uh, money to spend. I have no idea how much money they've got to spend, but if you're looking at a big turnaround, and actually what the players have done in the last number of years, remember it's it's only a year ago Rangers were in a Scottish Cup final and a UEFA Cup final. And the big players then were Morelos and Kent. They won't be there next season, so they, they were people who could make the difference so often Rangers don't just need to buy players they need to buy you know one or two special ones mm. who can make the difference and Barry Ferguson said last night could be up to 10 new players coming in Stephen and that's my that's a kind of Ange Postacoglu style revolution of 20 months ago yeah it's the type of uh, rebuild they need um, and I don't think the Rangers fans are going to have to wait very long for, for signings to come in it sounds like Michael Beale's got one or two already done and and a few on the way so I think they'll be looking to get if he's got players in mind the players he's worked with in the past trying to get them in the door as quickly as possible because um, they've obviously got European qualifiers to think about which, which they'll need to be prepared for and be ready for 0808 17 17 700 we've got the lines working again so give us a call 0808 17 17 700 let's hear from Michael Beale about the rebuild for the new season that's what we're striving for every single day. That's that's what we're busy away, uh, looking and planning for next season and seeing now, assessing who should be on that journey going forward. You know, our home form up to now with two home games to go in the league. I think we're unbeaten at home in the league, so that's good. Our away form since I've been back in has been strong. As I said, it's it. The, most most of our problems are not between the two boxes. Our problems have been we've had we've made mistakes at both ends of the pitch, and it's clear that if you want to go and be a successful team. You can't make the amount of mistakes we've made previously, but let's just move forward. And uh, look, I think we're, we, we've got four games. We want to end strongly. We'll have a nice summer and we'll come back stronger for sure. He changed things last weekend, Andy, as you know, for the game against uh, Aberdeen. And this is what he said afterwards then about the changes in the lineup. And I'm just thinking about who's he going to play on Saturday. Yes and no. Some of them boys will definitely be here next year, of course. But obviously there'll be some new faces and there was one or two injuries as well, I thought. Uh, with the ball all day, we, we we had some good moments. I thought 
uh, fashion and uh, Rabi had two moments in the first half in particular where they linked up well, which opened become goals. I think uh, we're, we're sometimes, I feel that we're the most wasteful team in the final third that I've ever seen really because the amount of chances we have in the games which we don't take and uh, no, I thought Ridvan did himself uh, well today. I thought John Suter come on and did well and all. And, and Robbie uh, had a really strong performance. I thought the uh, the save early in the game was in a really big moment. But I thought other than that, he looked really assured and looked a good goalkeeper. It's a fair play to him after not playing for so long and obviously getting a clean sheet. Stephen, the most wasteful of teams up front that, that is a, an issue for them. I mean, Morel is he's not going to play, or is he? I don't expect to see Morelis again. I think the comments after the yeah. game are pretty damning. Um, I'd be really surprised if he takes the park again as a Rangers player. Um, I was just trying to scribble down a team just yeah, now. Yeah, um, to ask you. So, and 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 the first thing that strikes me with this Rangers team is it's so far away from. I mean, if if you'd said to me six months ago when Michael Beale was talking about trying to get closer to Celtic and get into this, he'd have been looking to take uh, reduce the points gap and take it to the splat and try and win this game to to overtake Celtic and I'm just thinking of some of the names going through that are playing uh, like Matondo I, I thought Matondo was written off as a Rangers player he's now looking like a starter going into Saturday Sakala is a lone striker um, I think Sakala you never know what you're going to get from him I don't particularly like him as a striker um, yeah. so Ridvan I mean I would always expect Barisic and Tavernier a big part of how they play but um, the thought that he might go in instead of Barisic this Saturday so a lot to think about uh, with the Rangers team here Andy you'll be giving us the team first you know on Sky mm. on Saturday what do you think the Rangers team is going to look like uh, McCrory and goals yeah yeah I don't sure. think it'll yeah. vary too much from what you saw last week the only other Suter might come in for Davis sure. that seems uh, to be the thought yeah Scott yeah. Scott Arfield might come in for for someone mm -hmm. but I mean it, it's good that Hadji's back uh, you know, you want to give him game time. You want to see if he can influence mm -hmm. games uh, again. So it's good that he's back to fitness. But you want to see more from Raskan, from uh, from Cantwell, Cantwell yeah. uh, and then Matondo and Sakala. I mean, Sakala is the one who has got the pace. He, he can score a goal, but he's missed a couple of real snips uh, against Celtic. But he will pose a threat because he will try and, and get in behind. But... You look at just the makeup of the the Rangers eleven in comparison to the Celtic eleven. Mm. Celtic are, are settled, they're slick, they they play a good style of football, and there's you know you're going to get plenty of energy everywhere on the pitch. Maybe the um, the one player under pressure will be Kobayashi because he's, he's taking the place of such a you know a, a brilliant defender mm. for Celtic this season and Carter Vickers, so he will come under a bit of pressure, as will Ralston, because they're, you know, they're just come back into the team. Ralston do well for you, Stephen. I thought he did, he did. and yeah. the, uh, just echoing what Stephen said about the ball over the top that caused that uh, red card, just the measure of it. And I think it's something that he's got in his locker. I think he's he's really developed as a player under Ange Postacoglu, who's he's become a much better player, much more effective, and uh, I think that, that role really suits him, but... You've got you've then, got to feel for him as well when you think about which yeah. one Josip Juranovic coming in mm. and and Anthony Ralston performing well and competing with a Croatian internationalist and you're thinking right whoever comes in for him can he be as good as that I mean yeah. this is my chance to get the jersey moment yeah, yeah. and uh, Johnson comes in and potentially even better than Juranovic yeah. do you think he is 
I think so. Yeah, I think he's more all rounded. I think he's. I think he's got a huge future, Alistair Johnson. So that's that Celtic team where you just say settled, yeah. and you know what you're going to get. And you look at the Rangers team. There's now, I mean, there's been one Rangers player that's played in the last 17 Old yeah. Firm games. Okay. I know. I I said uh, who did I throw in? Alan McGregor, but then I knew that he had. Yeah, you think McGregor yeah. or Goldson or Tavernier? Tavernier. Nope. It's actually Ryan Kent. The last 17. 17. He's the only one who's played in the last 17 of these games. So they'll miss him. Did you work that out or was that an Ian Crocker? I was doing some homework today. Good. Is that sad? No, not at all. (laughs) Listen, it's the old firm. It's the Glasgow Derby. Yeah, just looking for It is different this week. It's definitely different. This would normally be, you know, the countdown. Andy said, what we're going to get from Celtic, you know exactly what we're going to get from Celtic. It's been a high-octane game, loads of energy. You're actually thinking about how Michael Beale might pick the team and mm-hmm. will he take that into account because there's a lot of guys that could potentially play this weekend they've not played a lot of football mm-hmm. you think of John Suter Ridvan Matondo definitely Hadji mm-hmm. been out for so long because you know what you're going to get against Celtic and yep. they're going to run all day and does that come into his thinking the, the type of game it's going to be Cholak of course not available and the word yesterday was that there's German interest in him and in MLS as well so a lot of change there at Rangers so you're going to give us your lineup, Andy I mean you so yeah, McCrory, I think obviously Tavernier. McCrory and goal, yeah. and uh, I think you would go with a back four a Tavernier, Goldson. I, I'm going to stick with Davis if he's fit. Okay. So Goldson and Davis, because as a partnership, mm-hmm. I think they've they've done really well. Uh, obviously, Yilmaz or Barisic. Well, if uh, if Barisic is fit, I would play him. But uh, you know, if, if Ridvan Yilmaz mm-hmm. is coming in, then he's the one who cost a lot of money, and you actually need to see. What he's capable of on a on a big occasion. Then you would have um, Lundstrom and, and Raskin in front of the back four, and then the the three supporting Sakala. I imagine would be Cantwell, either Hadji or Arf- Arfield, mm-hmm. and uh, Matondo. Stephen, I've gone for McCrory as well. Yeah, I've gone for the same back for Tavernier, Goldson, Davies, Redvan. You're going Davies, okay? Yeah, yeah Davies. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Lundstrom and Raskin. Um, so I, th- yeah. I think just in terms of what I just spoke about Michael Beals um, has put Malik Tillman on Cal McGregor make sure off the ball that Cal McGregor doesn't see a lot of the football doesn't control the game and I just think for the length of time and as Hadji's been out I think it'd be a big ask so I expect Scott Arfield to take up that role um, I think it is a key role I think um, it's one thing I, um, Celtic obviously a lot has been spoke about how they've not really hit their top gear the last few games when Celtic play when Callum McGregor plays well Celtic play well and it has been a big tactic just to stop him getting on the ball so I've, I've gone for Scott Arfield there and then um, Matondo Sakala and Cantwell Here's uh, Michael Beale speaking about Cantwell Raskin and uh, other players Yeah I think listen that it's, it's my opinion that history will, in a few years' time, they'll look back on one or two players more fondly than they do today because they'll, they'll see the goals they scored or the games they played in and the moments they had. I think what's happened with those two is the fans wanted to see one or two fresh faces and they've come in with a natural, infectious um, energy and, uh, and, and I think that's nice. And I think attitude and energy is the best friend or the worst enemy of every football player. And uh, ultimately... If you have some success, that attitude and energy has got to grow um, and you can't change. And those two players have come in and they've started at range as well. They've achieved nothing at Rangers yet. So everything's in front of them. And uh, next season, I expect them after a pre-season together to go on and kick on another 10 or 15%. It's okay winning 
man of the matches and playing well at this stage of the season. But we know that at this club, you've got to do it on the big days. You talked about attitude and hunger and Barry on this programme last night um, basically called out uh, Todd Cantwell's statement when he said about hunger and the dressing room will definitely be there for next season. I'm paraphrasing what he said. Did you see that, Stephen? Were you surprised? Yeah, I saw Barry's re- reaction yeah. to it. Probably had the same, similar feelings of... Um, but to- I-, I think Todd Cantwell, I mean, I watched the highlights from the weekend, looked very good. I think next year at Ibrox, in, in a lot of those types of game, he'll be the difference. I think he... I think he'll be a big player for them in the home games. Where, where, I, where I, the only bit I'm worried about, about with Cantwell was the games at Pataudry. Um the semi-final, when the game's not going all his way, how is he going to affect it off the ball? He said, Andy, the hunger in the dressing room is going to be real next season. So Barry was understandably annoyed with that. Is it maybe a naivety, Todd Cantwell, just maybe saying yes. quite a lot? Yeah, it is a yeah. naivety. I mean, hunger just comes from within. When you sign for a, a big club, the, the my goodness, when you become a professional footballer, the hunger is there to, to be the best you can be. When I was at Motherwell, I wanted to get in the team and then I wanted to go to a bigger club. And there's just a hunger and a drive and a fire in your belly that no one should really question because every week you are tested against a different opponent and you just want to come out on top. And consistency makes you that uh, that, that that better player. And I think Stephen's point there is a good one because Cantwell can be really good, but too often he's average. Well, there'll be 50,000 Rangers fans hungry for something. Undefeated at home domestically, Stephen, you heard the manager saying that. Um, a draw, would that be good enough for them? No, well, I, I think, I mean, in the grand scheme, I think it, it doesn't mean a lot. No. I, I think if they can go into it, um, I think with the crowd, I think with the with obviously no Carter Vickers for Celtic, I think though the first fifteen twenty minutes they'll come out the traps, um, but Celtic aren't going to change. Celtic are uh, ninety five minutes with the subs that they're going to have to be right at their best to get something out of the game, especially with this lineup. Celtic are also averaging more, just over m- more than three goals every game. They're averaging that. So the the reason they do that is that we've spoken about it all season, Paul. The the amount of potential match winners and. You obviously look at Kyogo because he's a top scorer, but look at what the others have chipped in with. Maida got one, an important one, at Ibrox. Abada has done it against um, Rangers so often. Uh, Jota has come up with big moments. Uh, Hatate's got a couple of goals there. The South Korean O came on last week, got a goal. He's he's desperate for more game time. So the the potential for match winners is still there for Celtic and still... You know, gives them the edge over Rangers. I was I was thinking about. I mean, you, you're going to ask later about predictions for the game, and yeah. I, I probably just with the way they playing each other six times, it's hard to hard to go six games against anyone without losing. But just when you write the teams down, they're just. They'll, I know they'll ever speak about how big's this golf, how big's it. Yeah. But you can just see it written down. There is such a such yeah, an advantage to Celtic. But you haven't and, seen that in the last few weeks. No. It's because Rangers have now made a. They've lost that semi-final. They're already looking towards next season. They're already giving players uh, more game time. They've already cut adrift the right the likes of uh, Kent and Morelos and uh, maybe one or two others. So the makeup of the Rangers teams changed dramatically just in the last few weeks. 
Who's going to, who, who will unlock the Celtic defence? Rangers have got closer to them, would you agree? And, and the games have made it... I mean, Celtic have won all those games in the last, what, six weeks or so. Yeah, I, I think Celtic always expect the opposition at some point to be on top. Now, how long is that for? 5, 10, 15, mm. 20 minutes? Uh, again, looking at what I saw last week, I thought Hearts gave Celtic as, as big a scare, you know, in terms of pressure and balls in the box. And Celtic having to defend really well as I've seen all season so that would be the mark for Rangers to try and get that level of energy try and start at that pace try and keep that pace up and obviously you need to take advantage when you're on top you need to get in front I think I, I fully agree with Andy it's, it's a game I'm expecting I think they'll have similar tactics to Hearts last week I think they'll, they'll ask Celtic to um, defend they'll try and play it in half use the crowd um, keep the crowd behind them um, but I just you, you just look at the team and you think of the pace of Celtic and just the threat of, of them on the break um, it's, it's, it's going to be a real intriguing game The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors Book your service MOT or repair online today at macklinmotors.co.uk Let's go Where were you 40 years ago tonight Steve McGinn you were not even a twinkle in the eye of your mum and dad, Andy, where were you 40 years ago? I was tonight? dreaming of yeah. being a yeah. professional football. That was one year short of me making my debut. Right. And yeah. I remember the whole Aberdeen story. Yep. What a fantastic team that was. And yep. I managed to play against a good few of them. Yep, we're referring to Gothenburg. The European Cup Winners' Cup doesn't exist anymore. But it was the number two tournament, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, the European Cup, the Champions yep. League was the number one. And Aberdeen won it against Real Madrid. Alec Ferguson, Gordon Strachan, Alec McLeish, Willie Miller. Miller and McLeish were the were yeah. the top two. And then you had Jim Leighton and goal. Yeah. And you had uh, Mark McGee, Eric yeah. Black, John right. Hewitt. Hewitt. John Hewitt yeah. scored in so many cup semi-finals, cup finals. He was the man for the big occasion. And that's why they always say Aberdeen, big club, big expectations, because some people Stephen, still remember that. And they, they were European cup winners. Well, cup winners, cup winners against Real Madrid it's hard to believe isn't it hard to believe especially I think when you think of the, the success Real Madrid I mean Real Madrid over the last 10 years have rubber stamped themselves as the elite club in Europe in terms of Champions League finals and they don't seem to lose finals and 40 years ago Aberdeen did it um, and amazing amazing if Aberdeen can keep with this trajectory they've got in terms of if they can get back to where they were uh, 4 or 5 years ago under Derek McInnes where they are starting to make a dent into Europe and and bring back the, the Euro Knights for the fans. We'd love that. When you think of your old club, St Mirren, he was the manager there and he got the bump at St Mirren. Do people ever talk about that when you they were there? They try not yeah. to talk about it at St Mirren, yeah. We just, you go and uh, wind them up. You're a wind-up merchant. No, so no, everyone, uh, <laughs> everyone uh, at St Mirren, just how, how could that possibly have happened? And, and you've got to remember yep. as well, this is Aberdeen winning a European trophy on the back of Dundee United winning the league. Yep. So they were ahead of Aberdeen. They were also ahead of Celtic and Rangers. What a team Jim McLean put together. And that was 40 years ago that uh, they, they won the championship. Just what a team that was. It's phenomenal, isn't it? And the Scots then that moved, Gordon Strachan went to Man United, then Leeds yep. and then Coventry. But Sir Alec Ferguson, who would have believed? He, would he have had the chance to do what he did today? He was at Man United, what, four years before he won anything? 
you'd rather get four months these days. Yeah, it's obviously different now. And, uh, you know, when you think what's at stake, you look at Leeds, who've sacked a manager and there's only four games left and they've brought in some experience. I think that's on the back of, uh, you know, uh, Roy Hodgson doing some great stuff at Palace and maybe... Uh, who's a guy at Huddersfield Neil Warnock doing some stuff there these guys are well in mid, mid-70s yeah. so they've gone for, for Sam Allardyce but maybe that was the break of the time uh, Alec Ferguson got four years and then to be fair to Alex Ferguson he 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 reinvented himself a good number of times mm. he, he put different teams together and he also changed his number two a good number Regularly. of times he had a yeah. different voice True. he had a different idea the players who'd been there for a while didn't get bored. Mm. And obviously what we spoke about earlier about that hunger and drive and will to win, that, that, that comes from within your, your own character. Do you remember coming up against him then when he was managing yeah. Aberdeen? Because it yeah, was 86, yeah. wasn't it, when he left? So yeah. you were at Celtic from... I, I remember one of the best results I'd ever involved in. We, I played in a Motherwell team and uh, we got a 2-2 draw at Bitaudry mm. and... It was a wow type of moment mm. because it was a regular motherwell going to Aberdeen, going to Dundee United, you would regularly get pumped. But we were the type of team that would get pumped four, not uh, not six or seven or eight. <laughs> That's a dig at Stephen. We're winding you up only to help on Saturday. Yeah. Are you busy? You could go there after the the old firm game. I could. You but could and you might. I'm not. Oh, you're not. Listen, you often go to a couple of games. I do, I love in it. A day. That's I know maybe you, do. A, a bit you see your football. Far. Go radio football show with Macklin Motors, Andy Walker, Stephen McGinn, and Paul Cooney. 0808 17 17 700. And down south as well, West Ham could get through to a European final as well. They're uh, yeah. in the conference. And I know we talk about it and sniff at it at the beginning, but if you got a chance to get to a final. I, I, I think you should always embrace European football. I mean, we, we've loved it up here watching Hearts get involved yeah. in the Conference League and they actually had a chance to get into the Europa League. They played a Europa League qualifier. And because they lost it, they automatically got the group stages in the, the conference. And that is what is at stake for whoever finishes third. And it, it looks likely that it will be Aberdeen. Big game for them this weekend at home at Hibs. I think it's a sellout. For sure. Um, and just on David Moyes, it would be great for him, wouldn't it? Because he's been under so much pressure, Stephen. Yeah. Um, they should be safe in the Premier League. And a lot of people saying he it's going to change this summer and maybe he will move, but he would love to go with a trophy. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I think it's been... I mean, the job he's, he's done at West Ham, I think he, he saved them. Went away, they struggled. He came back again, he saved them. And he's got them going again, got them into Europe. Um, he's had to deal with, obviously, the extra games in Europe, a couple of injuries, and deal with constant speculation about getting losing his job constantly. Um, there's there's rumours of who's going to be the next West Ham manager, and if he can go and deliver a European trophy, then all the best surpassing that. Well, the man who's delivered in Scotland in, what, 22 months is the Australian, Greek-Australian, Ange Postacoglu. He was obviously, he was absolutely, well, you saw him. He really, really savoured that moment. This was him at full time uh, on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, plenty of people in my circle make sacrifices, my family, my kids. Um, like I said, uh, i got the easy bit, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I love, but they're the ones that uh, are a constant support and, and not just my family, my friends um, here in Australia. The whole football club um, really embraced me from day one. And, uh, you know, for that, you know, I, I take pride that I'm able to sort of give something back. He certainly has give something back. And he talked about, you know, the job and saying, it's hey, it's not easy. 
It's not a given. Yeah, look, it's it's not easy, you know. It's um, you have to put everything into this. It's a great responsibility. Um, anytime you're, you know, any manager knows, you know, the responsibility you bear, but particularly at this football club, and um, you know, it takes a hell of a lot to to get to the point where we are, and massive effort from everyone. And uh, yeah, you do. You get emotional because you, you you understand what's going into it. More on that in a moment or two. We're going on the lines. Craig is on a Falkirk fan. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, guys. How are we doing? Yeah, we're okay. Thank Hi, Craig. you. Hi, Craig. Yeah, Stephen's here as well. What do you want to say to your captain? Uh, don't know where to begin, to be honest. That that first half in Tuesday is the worst Falkirk performance I've ever seen. Um, the goals we conceded were just a coaching under-18 team, and I wouldn't expect them to defend like that, never mind mind a professional team second half you think we're going to get back in it with the red card the quick goals and then it just kind of petered out in the end and obviously we get the red card we give away a penalty and it's, it's almost game done just don't know I don't know how Stephen and the boys are going to take Saturday are, are we out uh, is there a belief that we're going to come back or at least try and come back um, I don't know I really don't know Stephen Hi Craig uh, obviously hard to argue with, with any of the criticism that's came our way and, and we've had a lot um, I was I was embarrassed to be a part of still I'm very embarrassed to be part of it um, he came out the phone's red hot everyone and their dog wants to know what happened wants to wants to wants you to, to answer to, to everything and um, yeah I mean we just we couldn't we couldn't keep the ball out of the net in the first half and it, and it was a disaster it was an absolute worst case scenario and it, in half time it was horrendous going back in and but the only thing we could we could do was you see, Paul Watson made a great point we've got three forty five minutes left to go we just need to try and and win the three of them win the three forty five minutes games um, as you say the the sixth goal at five two I felt the same as you got got excited and thinking if we can get this to five three five four then we've salvaged as you say one of the worst performances you've ever seen. Um, and we end up losing a 6-1 right to the death which makes a really hard task almost impossible but as you say people have bought tickets for Saturday we can't just give up we need to go out and try and score early and if we get an early goal just keep pushing and um, it's I mean it is a cliche but it is football and anything can happen um, all we can do is make Airdrie work for it push them as far as we can, leave everything out there and um, and try and make up for Tuesday in some way if we fall short. How, how many times have you scored three, four, five goals this season? Well, we knew, I mean, on Saturday it, it was going to be Airdrie or Alawa and, and we knew, not, not that you expect to lose goals, but the, the games against Alawa, it, it, it would have been really tight, really, the, the, the way Airdrie play, they commit a lot of bodies forward, um, they don't, they don't have a great defensive record themselves. We expected goals in the game. Um, not obviously nowhere near what it, what it turned out to be. Um, but we also know that they're a team that they've lost 6-1 to Edinburgh City mm-hmm. at home. They were 3-0 up to Dunfermline with half an hour to play. They lost 4-3. Four, four, so we just need to make, we just need to find a weakness, try and, try and push and see if we can, we can get the crowd behind us and, and, and chase it down. Greg, you've got to hold on to that. You can hear that Stephen is hurting. We could see it as soon as he came in this afternoon. Um, no excuses, but it's what can they do? Do you believe, Craig, that they could do that? We heard some stats there. So it sounds as though Airdrie, they will maybe come at you as well because they could leave some gaps. But if you're going at them, Stephen, then they've, they've got an opportunity to score. Craig, what do you feel? What would you say to Stephen before the news? Uh, 
Um, I would say Stephen's the, the player and the captain we've missed for the last few years. We just need more of him. Um, especially whether we, we pull the miracle off and we end up going up this summer or whether we stay in League One. We need more we need more leaders. We need more people with a wee bit streetwise, a wee bit, I don't know, someone like a Kyle Benedictus at Dunfermline. Somebody who'll just put their, their head where it hurts. Defend properly. Like I think we'll score on Saturday. I really do. However, we can't keep a clean sheet. <laughs> so I think also Edry will score. So yeah, we need four now. But it could be five or six that we need depending on if Edry score. But Stephen's right. I think if we get an early goal, the stadium will be right behind the team. That is, there's no doubt about it. If there's an early goal, the place will they'll get right behind them. Like I think we did on, on Tuesday. As soon as that um, free kick went in from Kennedy, the, the stands got behind the team um, and tried to lift them as much as we could, considering the first half that we had witnessed. Yeah, I mean, I signed for the club last summer, and and it fell. I think it was the club's lowest ever position. Um, in, in Scottish football, six and last year, six last year, and you felt. I mean, you felt. You just felt it going into the place. It it had been like that, and the one thing we wanted to give this season was some pride back. Um, we, we with the cup runs, and I know we did. The aim was to finish above Dunfermline, but finishing second, and you're thinking if we can go up through play, playoffs, then we've delivered, and and you end up having the result the way we did the other night. I mean, you can lose football matches, but um, as Andy says, when I come in, you check the score at half time, and you can't believe your eyes. Um, I felt like that on Saturday and Tuesday. I mean, you really, it, it was tough. And as I say, all we can do is um, try and try and earn some kind of respect back from our own fans on Saturday and leave everything out there. Was that hard when you were off? I know you went off, what, with 15 minutes to go. It must be difficult when you're on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, you're off and... I think I think after the initial bit when you when you sit down it's fifteen minutes to go and you're still thinking it's eleven v ten um, get it back to the five three the, the only the only bit that I'd have loved is when Jordan Allen which I thought was a really hard res, uh, red card when when it goes goes to ten v ten let's just get up the road by five two yeah. it's no I know it sounds terrible yeah, but sure. three nils a, a score we can we can do let's let's just take the five two up the road and um, we lose to six which as I said makes a hard task even harder. Craig, thanks very much for calling. Let's hope we're speaking next week about a big Falkirk win. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Find your nearest dealership at macklinmotors.co.uk. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom now open on Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. Let's go! Yeah, look, we've got a great opportunity to make this season really special. Uh, like I said, we've worked hard to get this morning and it's great to win the two trophies and now, you know what, we, we want to win a third and you know, I want it for the players, I want it for this football club, for the staff, because um, it's a reflection, I think, of the team they've been this year. Well, I think you saw a difference when Alfredo come on in terms of energy. 
uh, not a positive difference as well. So uh, I think, yeah, we're, we'll need a focal point to the team for sure. Antonio's not fit at the moment and, and Alfredo's obviously going to be moving on. So I thought Fashion and Rabi gave us a different type of front line today. I thought, because I missed him just there, I thought, again, it was nice to see Yanis Adji get some movement after being out for a year. I thought he had some nice touches. I thought across the whole game, we had some passages of really good play, but we have to be more decisive if we want to if we want to feel at ease at the end of the game. Because to be fair to Barry's Aberdeen team, they're organised, he's got them going. They've come off seven wins, five clean sheets, and they come here today and they try to stay in the game. And they had a couple of moments on the counter where we need to do better as well. I think Andy Walker, that really contrasts between the two teams at the moment, doesn't it? You know, the joy of Ange Postacoglu winning the title. For Michael Beale, new in his career as manager at Rangers and calling out Morelos, but probably uh, too little too late. Yeah, we've all had a view on Morelos for, for so long now. At the start of the season, I think he let all of his teammates down by not being fit enough for those uh, Champions League qualifiers. But, you know, eventually he got his, himself back into the team, looked looked okay for a spell, but has always looked as though he's been carrying a few pounds, doesn't get across the pitch as well as he used to. And, geez, he used to get a lot of stick from Rangers fans for... For, for calling him out, for yeah. not being fit enough. But um, there you go, the manager's done it as well. Well, they loved him. I think they're still hesitant to criticise him. But it's gone now, isn't it? He's just about gone from the club. Rangers fans, what are you thinking? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The rebuild started with Cantwell, Raskin. Who else is coming in? Is it Jack Butland? Is it going to be the big keeper? Six foot five. Um, Robbie McCrory, he will play this weekend, you would imagine. Stephen McGinn? Yeah, Kieran Dowell looks like a done deal. Yeah. Um, you like him? I don't know. I don't know lots about him. Obviously, uh, a lot of thought of him at, at Everton. It's been very stop-start at Norwich with injuries, injuries. which yeah. uh, Rangers fans won't won't be uh, delighted to hear. But um, just on Morelos, you think mm. of his own personal situation. I mean, once in, in in five years, when you look back at the Alfredo Morelos signing a million pound, um, Europe top European goal scorer. I think I, I thought I think he I think he was over the piece a, a very good striker for Rangers, especially in Europe, um, much more so than in the Celtic game. But he's won them a league. He, 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 as a fan, they loved him every time. Um, every time I ever played there, it was the biggest the biggest song. They just loved him to bits. But I don't know where he thinks he's going to go with with the way he's kind of down tools in the last few months. Usually when a player's coming out of contract, it's the best you ever see of them. That, that, that desperation to earn either a, a better deal at their own club or, or earn a move. So I've no idea where his future uh, holds. Well, it, it was a mistake some time ago when he'd agreed terms with, was it Lille yeah, in France? Was, yeah, but a couple the, of years ago. clubs couldn't agree a fee. Uh, Apparently that, they were paying 15 million. Rangers wanted a good deal more. Wow. Well, if that was the offer, you should have... Uh, you know, absolutely take that without even blinking. Mm. That is, that if that's true and at that stage, at that price, that would have been a magnificent piece of business. And I mean, the year before, he did help Rangers to get that title, that hugely important title for every Rangers fan to stop 10 in a row. And they'll know, maybe that was, we never forgot that, Stephen. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I do, it's, it's hard as well. They probably thought, um, Maybe Lee would go for it if they've agreed terms. Maybe if I ask for more, they'll, they'll not pull it off the table. Um, fans are attached to players. They don't want to just lose them. They were attached to him, Morelos, emotionally. They, they, they thought that it'd be hard to replace him. Um, I mean, the money doesn't go back into their pockets. They want to see their heroes. It's, 
think I said this uh, a few weeks ago it's the same with Edward at Celtic mm. Dembele at Celtic right. they kept on to these players a year too long so it is the operator that can take the emotion out of it and say no that's a brilliant deal for what he's worth let's do the business now He's a Rangers fan on the line it's Paul has called in good evening Paul uh, evening, thanks for having me on the show tonight. Not at all. I am um, passionate Rangers fan here. Yep. Um, and I suppose I've got a couple of points I want to make to just get your, get your thoughts on it. Um, there you go. Obviously, we've got, got a massive rebuild. Um, a bit like, you know, I've heard it being like the soonest kind of rebuild, or I think I took a rebuild on our hands mm-hmm. here. Um, my questions are two, right? Yes. It worries me in the sense that I've seen this a few posts been advertised by Rangers one being a chief financial officer or something like that but uh-huh. basically it's two posts been put into one that rings alarm bells to me because that's basically saying we don't have enough money we're going to streamline it right well, I, I, I don't. I don't think. I, to be fair, I don't think you can take that conclusion, Paul. A chief financial officer is that. That's often in companies a CFO. No, you, you, could, you can't draw that conclusion. And I know you're a, you're a keen Rangers fan, but I, we wouldn't want to put that out there. That there is no indication that that's the case. Honestly, a CFO is. You can then have a a director below you or whatever. But the chief financial officer is a big position. But you're right. There's a new person coming in. Yep. Aye, aye, but they're, they're meeting from two posts to one post, right? That, that's just my thoughts on it. But as well as that, we've went through a Europa League run to the final. We've went to Champions League this year. We've brought in a hell of a lot of money through merchandise and everything else and match pay and everything. We've bought two players in January and I wouldn't say we spent a fortune on them. We've not brought any players in yet. All I do is open up. And I know you're going to get newspaper costs when I get that, right? Yeah, sure. But... I'm looking at markets like Peter Grant in your show saying the money's called to me on this show but the guy we're looking in in Norwich um, is injury prone have we not learned a lesson at Rangers that we're seeing players with injury I could go back to history yeah. Sebastian Rosenthal Daniel Prodan Kema Roof the list goes on and ironically the guy who we didn't go for because we thought he was injury prone was John Hartson look what he did at the other side of the city sure. so yeah. I, I, there's a big rebuild there but my point is yeah. Craig White got it in the neck now I know he did a lot of things at Rangers but he got it in the neck at Rangers of um, everybody what he did with the money going everything else well my question is uh, where's the money all of this, I think, is way beyond yeah. our uh, understanding and our knowledge. All, all we can say is what Paul himself has already said about, you know, a run to the Europa yeah. League final mm-hmm. would generate a bit of money, especially with sell-out home games. The the, the sale of Aribo and Bassey and Patterson, the, the Champions League money itself, that generates, I don't know, you could easily just do a yeah. back-of-the-fag pack and that's a hundred-odd million, is it not? Ooh. Champions League money. The Champions the, League the money sale, was probably the, around 15 million to 20. Right. So it's not yeah, the 30 It's not as much. Okay. No, I don't think it wasn't, so as, the, it wasn't as much. Are we to believe that there was a sale of around 20 million for Bassey? Well, or? That was quoted um, okay. at Bassey. Aribo was quoted the, around 10. Yeah, 10. Sure. And then uh, Parson, was he? Again, was that Okay, let, let's 10. not yeah. go to 100. Let, let's go to a substantial amount. I, I think you go back to what... Giovanni Van Bronker said post-qualification for the Champions League he was saying look there is no big war chest so that that was coming from the manager I've no idea what Rangers have got to to spend it's way beyond my level uh, of understanding what happens in the background what they pay players how they're going to reduce the size of their squad but um, 
all, all we hear is that the is the biggest rebuild, and it's I, I can I can understand any supporter saying, well, hang on, yep. how much money sure. w- are we going to spend? And I ask Barry that question. Barry doesn't know. People don't know what there is to spend, Stephen. We, we, we won't know. I don't think that's something we'll know until the the, dead, uh, the deadline passes. Mm. But what I, what I will say, there has been money spent in this team. Um, the problem it doesn't feel like there's been money spent is because they haven't had any value for money. I think Matondo was a couple of million. Yep. Radvan a few million. Ben Davis four million. Cholak a couple of million. There has been millions spent this season, but it's it probably doesn't feel like that as a Rangers fan. Um, and and they did have to probably tone it back from stopping Celtic doing the ten in a row. I think a lot of money was spent t- to achieve that with yeah. uh, Defoe and Stephen Davis coming in in big wages, keeping guys like I mean knocking back the fifteen million for um, Alfredo Morelos and, and not selling Ryan Kent. They did spend a lot of money to do it to stop that. So there there had to be a tone back. I don't know enough about their finances, but uh, there has been money spent in this team. And there could have been around one hundred fifty thousand a week in wages and players that haven't played much this season. When you add up. Or you get that at most clubs where yeah. you'll get excess players, sure. guys that aren't playing every week. Of course, you need to pay them. You it's need a, a squad. Big, sure, but it's a big amount to have. Of course. And there's been, the as Stephen just yeah. highlighted there, there's been too many that have cost a lot of money that don't actually play uh, uh, an important role, yeah. uh, you know, a game changing role. If you look across the city, someone like Barkas. Yeah. The, he, that, five million. They spent five million on him. And right away they're saying we need to buy a goalie. Mm-hmm. You forget that there's been five million spent and I'll throw another one, that'll be in a Yeti. Yeah, yeah. a Yeti and nearly ten million. So yeah. and and the fans are still demanding that money spent on the team. So it does all come back to the recruitment and how well you can get it right. Mm-hmm. But Douglas Park, when he was chairman there, and the fans won't forget what they did to win the title two years ago uh, under his stewardship and it was as if they got there they got that done but it must be really tough you're up against the Celtic side that has been winning the title that's two years running Champions League money coming in got some points in the Champions League uh, Paul, not enough the Rangers supporters I speak to just just in general it's not even 12 months since you had a yeah. really good Rangers team in a Europa League final not not anything domestic, a Europa League final. They were beating some of the best teams in Europe. They beat Celtic in a Scottish Cup semi-final after extra time, after having had extra time in the, the previous midweek. It's the fall from that standard that is that, that takes your breath away from the Rangers supporters' they, aspect. They, they haven't signed one player that gets into that Europa League final team. As a, there's usually every year you maybe sign one player and he gets in. I don't think there's any player they've signed... In the last two windows, it gets into that Europa, Europa team. Nobody takes Bassi's place or Aribo or no. Yeah. And Patterson, I know he was. Away. I think He's it was gone a, by then. I, know I think it was yeah. a better Rangers yeah. team twelve months ago. Paul, here's the other thing. After COVID, Scottish football, football everywhere, but in Scotland, they lost lots of money during COVID. There was, you know, so little income coming in. But Paul, look, you're a big Rangers fan, passionate about your club. What do you think's going to happen on Saturday? Um, so just one wee point I just want to say about there about. Um, oh, I just want to ask you that. What do you think is going to happen? I'll come back to it. What do you think is going to happen Saturday? Because right, right. you know, yeah. Uh, for for our game. Yeah. For, for, uh, for, you know what I think? I, I I'm always going. I'm always going to play vintage picks on draw. I mean, uh, yeah. I think um, I'm hoping to play some young players. I want Adam Devine getting a shot. Right. I would yeah. like to like say Alec Lowry and. And uh, no, definitely Robbie McCrory. I thought again. I've always thought he should get a shot. Mm-hmm. So I hope he plays. So I a few youngsters coming in forward. Yep. 
know, just experiment, try something different. I banged on about the formation. Yeah. I'd like to try a four four two or a three five two or something mm-hmm. different just to see, mix it up and give it a go, you know. Well here's what the manager said about your goalkeeper. Yeah, of course. I look, Robbie, uh, I spoke to him probably the first week when I come in. Then there's an element of trust because it went for a period where he was injured for a long time and uh, he come back, he's had a couple of B-team games and he's warmed up to this uh, performance day. He's been over-ready, I've said that before, and, and I thought you put in a strong performance today and I think we've got three good goalkeepers. We've got a young one that needs exposure and he needs an opportunity for himself as much as anybody else. I think Robbie just wants the opportunity for himself to show that he's a really good goalkeeper. And let's not forget, he was in the Scotland squad not too long ago. So if he's playing, I'd expect him to go back in it. OK, Paul, and your final point? I just have mentioned to James Bisgrove that, no, I think he deserves to get that position at Rangers because that guy's done a great job for merchandise at Rangers. And mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of talking financial stuff today, but... Uh, I think he's done a tremendous job, James Bisgrove. So I just wanted to put that point out there as well, just to say well done. Okay. I think he well deserves that post, to be honest. Yep, he certainly comes in with a big reputation. He's been yep. in the commercial. I think you can Chief. speak about whoever you like, and obviously Rangers are yep. going through a big change of a, a number of positions. The person that drives your success will be the manager. Mm. Identifying players, getting better players on the pitch, exciting the supporters, you know, selling out your 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 stadium and giving you a level of excitement where you, you can't wait to get to the next game. And that's what Celtic have with Ange Postecoglou, who's been remarkably successful in such a short space of time. And the biggest thing, uh, not just the style of play, but the fact that he's brought in so many players from a market that was previously untapped and they've all been successful. And let's hope he can do a deal with the Celtic directors as well and get fans back in because this weekend, here's Callum McGregor, they go to Ibrooks but with no Celtic fans there. Yeah, yeah, it becomes a, a kind of siege mentality when you, you go in there. Obviously, you've, you've got your crowd of guys that you go in with and the whole stadium's against you. So you, you have to try and use that in a positive way and, and try and start the game well and silence the crowd and, and get on top of your football and, and be dominant. So, you know, that's, that's all the things that we'll be trying to do. Be great to have the day when there's seven or eight thousand of the Celtic fans at Ibrooks and the same with the Rangers fans at Celtic Park. Will we see it, Stephen? Yeah, I think we will one day. Yeah, I think someone. Yeah. I think someone will be the bigger man and bring it back um, it, because it, it does take a bit away from it. I think the the last the last game at Hamden with the split down the middle. It's it's what the atmosphere should be in in this game. Andy, do you think we will? Not anytime soon. No. I don't. I don't see it. I, I, I've said before. I think it's really. Pathetic. I think it's really petty. And I had the great fortune of playing in the... I'm Glasgow born and bred. This is the best uh, game I ever played in. And we try and sell it as the showpiece for Scottish football. And I can't believe you've got two boardrooms that want to deny and diminish the, the sheer spectacle of it. It's, it's quite remarkable. Paul, what, what's your scoreline? Paul, you ask me that every time I'm on the show and every time I go to the school, it goes other way. <laughs> but I can't help it. I'm going to go for... Uh, I'm going to go for Rangers 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. And up front, is it Sakala for you? What do you think? Is a tondo I, I would definitely... I, I would play um, definitely like a false number nine, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Definitely try something different. I think Sakala's got the pace. Worry about him up front, though. Know. Mm. It, you, know, you just have to look at the miss he done but then again the guy can come out and score crackers yep. as well so 
Uh, I would just, I'd just throw it in, you know, I'd, I'd mix it up. I'd have Robbie McCrory play, I'd have Adam Define playing mm-hmm. rather than yeah. maybe Barisic. Um, a wee bit different because we've got nothing to lose um, and, and kind of see what, what the future looks forward, you know. But um, just to say thanks for letting me on your show as well and, okay. and thanks for putting my opinions. Now, you know, I can't help my passion, but. Uh, yeah, but you're, listen, you're a passionate uh, Rangers fan, you love your club, and. Um... Yep, so let's see what happens on Saturday, but more importantly, the rebuild for next season. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Book your service, MOT, or repair online today at macklinmotors.co.uk. Let's go! It's that time of the year, isn't it, where the titles are decided, where the gongs are given out, and that includes the Player of the Year. It's the Players' Player of the Year this weekend, isn't it, in Glasgow. And we talked yesterday about the nominations Callum McGregor of Celtic, Rio Hatati. Uh, Kevin Van Veen of Motherwell and Kyogo Furuhashi. Stephen McGinn, who would be your... Is there, has anyone missed out there? Yeah, Carter Vickers, robbed. Yeah, yeah, Can't robbed. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> is that on behalf of midfielders and defenders? I just yeah. uh, I just think for me, is it, I mean, obviously you can make a case for, for Van Veen, Callum McGregor, uh, Kyogo. I think Hatati's had a brilliant season, mm-hmm. but I think not not the same as, as the three I mentioned, plus uh, Carter Vickers. But for me, it'd have been Carter Vickers. Andy? Uh, I totally understand why anyone would vote for Carter Vickers, but you look at um, the amount of Celtic players that have received votes. So I think you, you've had you've effectively had four, five, arguably six players that might have attracted votes that are just in the Celtic team. So obviously there's not uh, one outstanding one that's going to uh, get a vote. So if I had a vote, I'd go for Kyogo. I just think he's been magnificent. Love his attitude. Love his work great, and obviously his end product is top class. And I see Kyogo voted for Kevin Van Veen. Do you have to vote for players out with your own club? But, yes, yes, you can vote for your, a player in your own club. That would be uh, pretty daft. But, that, was, um, that was pretty positive, you two. Yes. So, no, but I've, yeah. uh, in, in years gone by, I can remember voting for, if you're talking about defenders, I yeah. can remember voting for Willie Miller. Uh, I can remember voting He's for great referee as Dave well, Neary. Yeah. I can remember voting for... Uh, and the United yeah yeah. who else was yeah, there who, uh, oh well obviously uh, Lou, there was a period where Brian Loudrop was yeah, yeah. it was almost it wasn't up for a debate right. he was the player of the year um, but you know everyone it, well you've got you've got to remember it is a vote and Stephen's entirely uh, you know right to vote for who he thinks maybe Carter Vickers uh, I, I think you'd most players always tend to lead to the you know, the guy that scores the goals, the playmaker, the mm. goal taker, the goal scorer, rather than the guy who, you know, can kick it out of the pitch and he gets a round of applause. What's that all about? <laughs> Stephen, come back at him. Go <laughs> on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because see the young player of the year. Mm. Um, that's the one. So our player of the year, I yeah. think I voted Callum Gallagher mm. for, for our league from Airdrie. Um, the young player, you, you vote for the country. There actually wasn't, a, there wasn't loads to choose from. Um, I, I, I can't actually remember who I went for. Charlie Do you know, really? I, th- I think it's disappointing that there's not enough young Scottish players for yes, you to sir. have a... The, 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 you look at... I that's mean, a reflection in all the teams. It, it's so hard now for, I mean, a manager with, with a lifespan. Mm. So for him to... When, sure. you, when you play young players, I mean, as players, um, I, I got a chance. I, I wasn't anywhere near the finished product. Um, Was this I'd, St Mirren? It's St Mirren back yep. in the day. I, I mm. watched some players and um, they've been given a chance and... 
15 games 20 games into it you think oh they'll a first team player mm. but they hadn't for 10-15 games but just the pressure involved of, of losing jobs it is getting harder and harder who was well, the best young player you played alongside that the listeners would know and that we would who could you think or one of the great because um, you played under I, 21 I know you said a tough yeah. time the last year or two but when I went to Sheffield United I think Harry Maguire was only 18 or 19 yeah, yeah. and uh, he was a man he was I mean you could tell right away yeah. I mean he didn't look quick but he was quick he didn't look like he could be good in the ball, but he was good in the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he was huge for us in the, in the time I was there. Um, in terms of... Um, Harry Maguire, that will do as, as a name. Yeah. yeah. You think you think of another one yeah. up here? A I mean, I can one. remember yeah. being a mother one. Yeah. I'm sure Gary McAllister, Tom Boyd, at different times, might have got a, a, a nomination. Wow. And those two were exceptional. Yeah. I mean, boy, they went to Chelsea sure. and, and then came back and did his whole Celtic thing that was brilliant. Went to Chelsea Gary, at 21, didn't they? Yeah, really something like that. Yep. And, and Gary went to Leicester before going to Leeds mm. and, and then right at the end of his career did some amazing things at Liverpool. Of course. He was he was exceptional. I voted for uh, Van Dijk. I think he might have won right. it one year. Mm-hmm. Or he was up for the, the World He's up for it this year. Yeah. I remember, oh, stand, sorry, I, see. I remember playing for Dundee and standing the wall uh-huh. and he... Uh, he stood over the free kick and it was like standing under a really good golf shot just like whistled back <laughs> over my head into the top corner with Scott Steven, Bain in goals Stephen I did a Scotland under 21 game uh, over in Holland uh, for Sky some years ago Van Dyke was playing for the Dutch under 21s and John Park yeah. who was at Celtic at no the time Rangers. he was there yeah. and he was looking at him as a potential mm-hmm. Signing for Celtic. Did you spot him first, Andy? Did you? No, say, no, not at all. I'll I mean, just say you, you I did. mean, aye, okay, claim aye, I did. Um, <laughs> and Ali, then Ali would claim it as his. <laughs> he would, aye. Um, and then, of course, he goes to Celtic, and then you get all these messages from clubs in England. Oh, I don't know, it's Scottish football, and I haven't really seen him in Europe. And he has to take that step to Southampton be, before mm-hmm. Liverpool think. Do you know what? You are quality. We'll we'll buy you now. And it was only twelve million pounds. And then he went to Liverpool for what, sixty-five million or something. Yeah, yeah. and probably the best in the world. He yeah. certainly has been for the last number of years. Who's your young player of the year? Yeah, Charlie Riley, Albion Rovers is in there. Leila Bada, Malik Tillman, Matt O'Reilly. I, I remember. I think I voted for yeah, Stevie Bradley at Living, Livingston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had probably a wee bit of bias in terms of I worked with him quite closely right. in my spell yeah. at Hibs, and I've seen him play. Yeah. He's got uh, a lot really of talent. talented boy and yeah. he's had a real, real strong season at Livingston. I think when you see again the nominations when you've got two Celtic players in it they will obviously have a good number of votes each. The fact that you've got someone from Albion Rovers maybe that's a lot of it. Maybe he's so outstanding at that level that you've got so many of the lower league clubs uh, voting for him. And Tillman, uh, people tell me that he's, he's really tough to go up against yeah. so mm-hmm. I'm not surprised he's in it as well do you think he'll be back because his season's over at Rangers the loan will be over well, then uh, well we think? discussed this a few weeks ago I Paul and yeah. I, I didn't think Rangers were in the business mm-hmm. of signing £5 million players if they're going to get him back on another uh, season's loan then that might be that might be good yeah. for him but I think it was Michael Beale himself who said "Is it not, it's down to Malik what he yeah. wants so maybe the offer has been made does he, does he fancy Scottish football the, the option to buy makes it a bit simpler in terms of the, the outlay. It's not like they're just going to a club and they quite like the look of someone and they go and spend five million. The fact that they know, like a bit like Celtic with Jota and Carter Vickers, that you know what you're getting. Um, I'm sure last summer every Celtic fan spent the whole summer nervously waiting on the announcements because 
they know that it is a big amount of money to spend, but you know what you're getting and you know the potential sale in the future. Who's your young player of the year of those then? Of, of yeah. those four, if I was yeah. to re-vote, I, uh, I didn't know he was eligible, but probably Matt O'Reilly. I right. thought um, he's had another strong season in, in Scotland and I think he's the biggest compliment I would play pay him is during Callum McGregor's spell out injured, which seemed unthinkable at the yeah. time. He really stepped up to play it and Celtic won every game. He did. Andy? Yeah, 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 I'd go along with that. And I think what you've seen from the players is actually a reflection of how the season has been. When you look at the team of the season, totally dominated by Celtic players, yeah. and that, that's what's happened um, You know, this season. Celtic have been totally dominant. And obviously you've got players at other clubs. I mean, every club will have their own player of the year. But it, I think it is important to recognise... You know, the elite players, the absolute cream. Uh, and I, I think that's what you've got in the team of the year. And the young women's player of the year. The nominees are Emma Watt of Rangers, Jacinta Galabadarache of Celtic, Kirsty McLean of Rangers and Shen Menglu of Celtic. Yet again, Celtic with two of the nominations. Uh, Rangers with the, the other two as well. So, what's that? So not three? Three, yep. Um, indeed. So, we're working off a different list here. All right. But yeah, there's also the women's, the... the this is the young women's. Ah, yes. But yeah, but you're right. So what's going to happen on Saturday? Uh, the other games on Saturday, can we talk about those as well? So we'll come back to Rangers against Celtic. Aberdeen Hibs, you touched on it, Andy. Uh, a sellout. Sellout. And if Aberdeen win it, I think it would really cement their place as the, the third force and you know the excitement of getting European football, at the very least what uh, Hearts had this season. Um, I think that will drive Aberdeen on. I fancy them to win. Uh, maybe 1-0 against Hibs. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I think it's the making's a great tie. Um, obviously, with, with the kind of Hibs hat on, all of a sudden they're chasing yeah. down hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aberdeen have got third. I think five points before to play is enough. Um, but I think if, you, if you're within at Hibs and you think of the stick they've taken at times, um, especially after the three, the two or three nil defeats to hearts, uh, if they can finish above Hearts this season, it'd be a major turnaround for them. And it has been a strange season, hasn't it, for Hibs? But if they go ahead of Hearts, then, well, you've played there. It must mean everything in the city. Uh, the manager, Lee Johnson's probably the streakiest manager ever. I mean, I, th- <laughs> I think he showed it in England. Yeah. At times he'd go in mad winning runs and yeah. then it would coincide with a, a long, un, uh, long run without winning. So it's kind of been like that for Hibs. Every time they look as if um, they're on fire they go on a, a good run and a bad defeat will come followed by several but if they can get into the European spots and, and as I say overtake Hearts then you, you can't think of it as a, a bad season Andy just to finish that off you were right in the the young the women's player of mm. the year that was the young women's we did two yeah. minutes ago you're right from Celtic it's Amy Gallagher it's also Caitlin Hayes and Jacinta so she's in for both awards and from Rangers Brogan Hay um, yeah Brogan Hay's in there so Three out of four. Good decision. Dominating. Uh, Jacinta's second name again. Going to do it again? <laughs> well, there's, a, there's another game on <laughs> yeah. live on Sky tonight. Celtic are playing against uh, Glasgow City, Glasgow. which yeah. is a, a big one. Rangers had a win last night there, so they're just, what, three points, I think, behind Glasgow City at the top of the table. More and more people tuning in to the women's game. Back to the men's game on Saturday. Dundee United, Ross County. Stephen Give us a guide here. What is going to happen? Dundee United went on that mazy run. Ross County, back on it now. What do you think? 
Not nice games. Um, mm. I've played with them over the years. This time last Mir- year, sorry. Um, well, this time yeah. last year I was trying to win the league, but over the years <laughs> at St Mirren, there were numerous relegation battles, and when it gets to this stage, after the split, when they're six pointers, I mean, they're unthinkable to lose. Um, and I think it'll be really tight. I think, obviously, over, over the over the period, the two-week break and with the semi-finals, I think Ross County did will look at themselves, obviously losing six at Tynecastle, and that was a must-win game for them, um, home to Livingston, and they go out and win 2-0. So that's that's um, on the road to, to recovery. They need to try and beat Dundee United or Kilmarnock in, in the two fixtures they've got, uh, maybe both, depending on results elsewhere, but... Uh, I wouldn't like to call it I, th- I just think it's unthinkable for either to lose but I'm asking you to call it so you <laughs> draw. To, I draw because <laughs> he pulled me up there for last year I know yeah. you were chasing the title with uh, Kilmarnock last year Andy what do you think? So um, obviously Dundee United I think they w- will be without Charlie Mulgrew after yeah. his red card um, I was impressed with Ross County winning last week because that was a pressure game mm-hmm. and they had to do it they're now back in the mix I think you could roll it on another week with no real difference so I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Because at the bottom of the table as you know Ross County on 30 points and then just one better Kilmarnock and Dundee United. Are St Johnson okay you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're fine you're both nodding. Uh, St Johnson Motherwell then what do you think is going to happen there Andy? St Johnson Motherwell so impressed with Motherwell last mm-hmm. week it was the amount of uh, clever uh, and and great imagination from Van Veen last week some of his touches were were just fantastic and he's a guy in top form I know there's been speculation about him going to China he might have an offer to, to go there which would change his change his life really yeah. with the, the amount of money on offer but let's hope he stays in Scottish football because he's obviously a regular scorer uh, I'm going to go for a 1-1 a draw he could be in the Far East or the Far North the Far North being Aberdeen <laughs> next year maybe he could be Van Veen yeah um, I think Andy a lot of get made of his touch for his goal yeah. but I think Andy will back it up he's touching the first half to get right booked That's was it. even better uh, another high ball from Liam Kelly and the way he took it down but he's just playing at the top of his form and honestly I, I was at Fur Park last uh, Saturday I don't yeah. get to a lot of the, uh, Paul's games but the difference in that Motherwell team compared to the first half of the season oh, it's remarkable um, they, they, they look in control they look clever play at times and, and a man up front it's, it's red hot thankfully they're not relying on um, my brother for I was it. about to say you, what, you must have been off your seat thinking him again go well uh, I, I was there <laughs> with, with, with my kids and, uh, and Paul's wife and oh, kid and, yeah. and Paul's wee boys right into his football now and obviously yeah. Paul being a defender doesn't score often yeah. not scored this season and uh, <laughs> when the ball falls to him the two are ready to <laughs> hug each other yeah. and you're standing there and stunned saying how's, how's he hit the post uh-huh. uh, but he, he says his excuse that's not my job my job is clean sheet and he got another clean sheet right. so yeah. not, not something you're jumping up and down about with your kid though no, getting a clean no. sheet and that, he, that was a big moment he's not allowed to play FIFA very often so I think if his dad had scored he might have got an extra right. few games so <laughs> if he's gutted very good is it an away win for you? yeah I think yeah. I mean St Johnson haven't been great at home yeah, a big result for them last week but I just think Motherwell are playing better at the minute and yeah Two one victory for Motherwell. Two one. Blair Spittle took his well, also didn't he? Yeah, last yeah week. it was a great goal. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. some of the some of the play it was really mm. clever. There was another one. Spittle should have got a brilliant back heel from Van Veen, and and he does everything so well. Spittle, you're just waiting for him again to, yeah. hit, to hit the back of the net. But it was a it was a convincing victory for them last the, week. The the big worry was the 
the the poor the level of poor performance you got from Kilmarnock they didn't ask them Kelly to make any sort of save in 90 minutes they had a few balls in the box they had a bit of pressure in that they had the ball in the last third but didn't ask the goalkeeper to do anything it was really it was back to Kilmarnock being at their worst away from home and their their away record has been shocking. There was a brilliant Kilmarnock away support, a really brilliant, yeah. and, and almost two thousand, I think. Yeah, I bumped into a, a few of them, stopped me on the way out, and mm. saying it was there last year. Obviously, can you yeah. can you explain what's the difference between home and away? Because at home we're so good, we look a threat, we look as if we're always in games. Away from home, we've been coming all season, and we don't even look like scoring. Never mind getting the result. And uh, Der- Der- Derek McInnes can't put his finger on it. He he's struggled with that. He's, they've tried everything. They've tried in train on grass in the weeks leading up so to the grass say, is it the plastic pitch they just can't put their finger on it and, um, and and thankfully they've been so good at home that it's kept them competitive ok we'll go to the other two games St Mirren against Hearts and Rangers Celtic next the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk choose and reserve your next used car online today for a fully refundable £99 let's go some news this afternoon Scotland are going to play the World Cup runners up France so Stephen your brother John will be up against them it's a friendly in Lille in October after the game with Spain one to look forward to yeah and it's uh, something we need to get used to now in terms yeah. of being in that top seeded uh, group we're now going to have to be competing with teams like that yeah. which is uh, a pleasant uh, surprise <laughs> in terms of where we were three four years ago so yeah another good uh, fixture to look forward to and Andy will talk about it as you know the, week, the weeks and months go on for the we're back to internationals next month but France it's always great to play or the former world champions? It is. On the face of it, it's an attractive draw, but you look at the time of the season when so many clubs are involved in European yeah. football and uh, all the rest of it. Managers want them to, to get a bit of a rest if and when they can. And there's a lot of international fixtures, I think, now that are meaningful, that the Nations League is meaningful. And uh, a friendly against France, it'll be interesting to see the makeup of the of the squad. Let's go back to this weekend then. St Mirren against Hearts. What do you think, Stephen? But uh, just from my own experience, I remember just the way St Mirren kind of celebrated getting the top six, even the loss to Kilmarnock. Yeah. Uh, I remember achieving that feat with Dundee, we getting to the top six and made such a big deal out about it. And we had a drop off. We didn't. We didn't win a game in the in the, in the split. And and it's something we kind of spoke about after the season, saying we made too much of a deal of getting into the top six. We didn't make a big enough fist when we got there. We thought job done, and it. And I, and I was wondering would the same kind of happen with St Mirren and then you see the way they start the game uh, with a throw in such a bad goal to lose at a difficult place and um, all of a sudden you go from obviously you lose 2-0 at home to Kilmarnock and you've lost to your biggest rivals for the European spot um, it's now an uphill task for them to, to get Europe which was um, a pipe dream at the start of the yeah. season but it was so realistic um, two weeks ago so I think it's a must win for St Mirren but as I say that, I think Hearts were really impressive last week and they also need to win, so I think a 1-0 win for Hearts. 1-0 to Hearts, maybe Lauren Shankland talking about Scotland as well. Mm. Andy, what do you think on the game? Yeah, I think when you look at Hearts and uh, there's you know, a manager's job is up for grabs and I think it showed with the players last week that they probably want Stephen Naismith to get the job. They put so much into it. I thought they were right behind him from the word go. They kept at it. Uh, the 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 controversial red card obviously put the changed the the whole game plan. Um, but it looked as though all the players were right behind the manager, and if they want to if they want to uh, him to get the job, they need to do that again. 
And I'm like Stephen, I fancy them at St Mirren. I think they can win that by a couple of goals. Laura's been on the socials at Go Football Show. On Van Veen, could he be going to Rangers? She wants to know. Andy, what do you think? You're a former old firm striker. Could you see Kevin Van Veen, 31 years old? Yes, I can see him in a Rangers jersey. I can see him scoring goals. Um, I think when you look at previous players that we've always hinted at, Lyndon Dykes, mm-hmm. yep. I think he could have stayed in Scotland and scored goals. If you're talking about, if you're talking about Rangers, he might not be the, you know, the recognised yeah. number one, but he's certainly someone who's capable of of finding the back of the net. I think at a higher level, he's already doing it in a, a bottom six team. Yeah. And I know it's it's much more difficult for Rangers, and some players do find the the jersey a bit heavy. But I, I think his touches, um, I think his imagination, I think it sets him apart from from most strikers. And I think it's one of the reasons he's got so many goals. And Cholak could well be away. Morelos is going. Stephen, could you see Kevin Van Veen playing at Rangers? Well, Rangers need at least two strikers. Yeah. I think Morelos is going. Cholak looks like to be going. Sakala's. Um, a bit of a kind of one-off he's not a recognised striker Kima Roof Kima Roof's never fit um, as good as he is as much as as high as Michael Beale rates him um, he, he isn't ever fit it's it's hard to kind of discuss him as, as the future Rangers need to buy a striker a number nine striker and they probably need another proven goal scorer um, that obviously isn't going to cost as much money and they'll be looking at guys like Van Veen um, available on a free transfer and thinking can we get a tune out of him for maybe a year or two so I'm sure he's I'm sure he's entered the minds of, of the people yeah, making was, the decisions at Rangers It was interesting listening to Michael Beale again earlier this season when we were speaking about the likes of Nisbet and Shankland and they were flying maybe even yeah. Van Veen was in that uh, in Not that. so much then yeah. not, Maybe not so much then but the, just looking at other players in the Scottish League and the, the word from Michael Beale was what, there, there's no one better uh, with Scottish clubs than what I have here at the moment so maybe he doesn't uh, rate them and, I, and I've read all the speculation about Van Veen possibly getting a life-changing move yeah. to somewhere like China that would that would obviously come into his thoughts as well Can I ask you about Sir Gary Bowers were you surprised Stephen that Dundee parted company with him just hours after he was The, the, the timing makes it a surprise but I think I mean there was, there was it didn't it didn't feel there felt to be something in it. Um, it felt strange around uh, the games and his and his future. And once the specul- speculation starts that he might be moving on, you're thinking there's no smoke without fire, and there's maybe been a disagreement and um, behind closed yeah. closed doors. You, you never know whether they think maybe long term he's not the man to to take them into Premier League. Um, whether a manager becoming available that that they like, like a Callum Davidson. Mm-hmm. Does that make them prompt them to to go make the change? It, it is strange timing, but if you're going to make a change, make it now, and you've got the whole summer to to get something in place and give the new manager a bit of time to to uh, get his ideas across to a new group of players. I, yep, I read somewhere that he, his family hadn't moved up. I remember when um, the summer that Oren Kearney was maybe leaving, maybe staying at St Mirren. One of the big things was St Mirren were looking for him to relocate with the family to the country. So I don't know if. Maybe that's another factor in it. Mm. Andy, before we go to Rangers Celtic, what about Falkirk against Airdrie? Um, the big game's coming up, so 6 2 to Airdrie. It's hard to. Do you know what well, would be well, a yep. extraordinary? I, yep. I, I wouldn't rule it out. Can you imagine Falkirk winning 3 0? I well, mean. Ha- yep. So then it goes to. Well, that's him out. Yep. 
<laughs> oh, it's only, of course, it's four we need. Sorry, yeah. But, yeah. You know, they could get, I, can, I think they're a team capable of winning convincingly. And it's just the fact that, hang on a minute, this is a yeah. two-legged affair. We've lost six goals in the first leg. It's, it's just remarkable. So I do expect Falkirk to win, but given the first leg score, I expect Airdrie to go through. I had the five figure in my head and counting not my strong point there. <laughs> Hamilton against Alawa. What do you think? Ackies I think the Ackies can overcome that right. one goal okay. deficit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Clyde East Fife. Could be either way. 1 0 Clyde at yeah. the moment. I hope Clyde yeah. can do it. And obviously, Annan are through against Dumbarton. <laughs> uh, Stephen, we'll come back to your game just before we go because it is tough because of the four goals between the two. Um, Rangers Celtic, what are you thinking? Your Celtic lineup, did you earlier on? Are you the same as Andy? Is yeah. it much the same as the weekend? Apart yeah, from, I've, I've, yeah, I've got the same team written out and the only one is maybe potentially Aaron Moy coming in for Matt yeah. Riley. But um, I, th- I think he'll go with Riley. So what do you think, Andy, for this game, live on Sky? Come Saturday, will it feel like a normal Old Firm game to you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The only thing that's not normal is uh, the, the the supporters. Are, there's no away supporters. That That's the thing that we're all going to have to get used to. But... Um, you look at the Celtic team and I think if you're Rangers you have to try and test Kobayashi what's he like under pressure and you have to try and test uh, Ralston in a game where he's only played in the last uh, couple of weeks I think he's I think he's very accomplished in this fixture he's played before but that's the goal for Rangers to test these new look players but having said that you look elsewhere and the Celtics uh, starting to live in and I'm assuming uh, Kyogo is fit so that front three of Jota, Kyogo and Maida, uh, they've shown that they can score goals anywhere. And I think Celtic will win it by a couple of goals. I'm going to go for 3-1. Captain Callum McGregor was asked about the records, the standards that the manager drives. Hey, no, I think you can always improve um, collectively and individually. You know, that's that's the challenge is, is to try and get better every year. Um, you know, even if it's 1%, 2% of your game that you're, you're trying to always maximise and and get the most out of and, and that's the environment that we want to set in, in terms of trying to get better as a team that means that the individuals have always got to push themselves as well and Callum McGregor spoke about two heroes of Celtic at the moment Kyogo and Hatati. yeah two really special players as well obviously you see Kyogo in terms of the numbers of goals that he's scored has, has been phenomenal I speak about it all the time how important he is to the team and, and Rio sort of similar to myself you know being in midfield trying to create and and do a little bit of everything in the game and I think he's been outstanding as well so you know two um, really worthy nominees and we'll get some preview tomorrow from um, someone from Rangers from Michael Beale and probably one of the players as well Stephen what do you reckon is going to happen then 12.30 Saturday uh, I, I've thought all week I mean all week I thought Rangers need and the hurt from the previous games the criticism they've taken uh, the expectation on them can they can they deliver a performance against Celtic all of that we, we know Carter Vickers no Alistair Johnson I was edging towards Rangers, but I think just when you write down the teams, you're thinking, how can that Rangers team outscore that Celtic team? So, I've actually changing them for 2-1 Celtic. 2-1 Celtic. Referee for Saturday? Who's the ref? It's Stephen, Stephen McLean. McLean. Yep. Good referee? I think we've got a lot of decent referees in Scotland. I, I just think uh, VAR has, I don't know, VAR has taken over. You've got a good VAR, stat, sorry. VAR um, has spooked yeah. them and, yeah. uh, you know, I think we can do a lot better. And you had a good stat. You're good on the stats today, unlike my counting, well, uh, about red cards. Well, there's been no red cards in the last uh, 10 uh, Old Firm games. 
and the previous ten to that, there was seven. So I don't. I, I expect Rangers to be extremely competitive. I expect Celtic to be extremely competitive. Um, but discipline, as Stephen will tell you, discipline is such a you know a huge part uh, part of the game. Who wants it more, Celtic to try and keep the get the all time points uh, tally, or Rangers? No, I think guy. Celtic's determination will be there for all to see, but I would expect Rangers' uh, determination to be just as high. It, I think it always boils down to the quality of the player on the day. I, th- I think Rangers. I think after a league's won, um, some of the best teams around the world, there's a, a mental drop-off without meaning it. Um, I just think with the, I do think with the criticism Rangers have taken with the demand the the fans will they'll be right behind them. Um, I know they criticised them heavily after the last couple of results against Celtic, but they'll be heavily uh, heavily backed on Saturday by a, a strong home support. And um, I, I do think they need the result more than Celtic. And the two managers different pressures, isn't there? But pressure on Michael Beale. Yeah, he's got to deliver in, in one of these games. You can't survive as a Rangers manager if you don't beat Celtic. They've lost, I think Rangers have lost two of their last four games and they lost two of their 30 league games before that. So uh, they're, in a, they're in a bit of a lull at the moment. And of course, we're already so much speculation about players coming and going. Players have already left and it's not even the end of the season. So... Um, that's why the makeup of the the Rangers are living. It, it's very unfamiliar, and they they can't be seen as favourites despite home advantage. Stephen, if you win four nil, is it extra time penalties? What happens? Extra time. Um, absolutely, snap your hand off right now for <laughs> extra sure. time. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about a few minutes ago. Uh, so listen, good luck for Saturday at Thanks three. Good luck. Cheers, Stephen. Thank you very much. In your seat tomorrow night is going to be James McPake, the boss of Dunfermline, who'll be here along with Craig Moore. Barry's off tomorrow evening. Thank you, Andy. We'll we'll see you on Saturday. Always a pleasure. Thanks. News is coming up next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go. There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.